Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the last episode of the SAP Podcast from the Hollywood studio. It is your boy Dave Neal and your girl Tasha Courtney. Woo, that was a nice intro you gave me there. You liked that intro? Yeah. Why did you like that intro? Because it it pictured it painted me as an equal. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, my uh, superior co-host, she's rolling up pepperoni. She's got cold uh, meats out. Whenever whenever Tasha's got cold cuts out, you know she's about to tear things apart. Uh, this is our final episode from our current abode that Tasha's been in for, I want to say, 30% of your life. Did I age you Nearly. There? Um, yeah, I looked at the lease just now trying to check up on, you know, if they're going to try and ding me anywhere. And, uh, it said July, 2011. And let me tell you something. You have about a decade's worth of different types of Vagisil. (laughs) What the fuck are you doing with all the Vagisil? (laughs) This chick's got... You got, it's like every time you've needed Vagisil, you've just bought a new Vagisil and then stowed the Vagisil. (laughs) If I had, let me be honest, if I had jock itch spray, like I use a full can of, when I need jock itch spray, I will use it liberally. That's because you constantly have jock itch. No, 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 no. I haven't had jock itch in a long time. It should be a good thing that I have many tubes of Vagisil because it's like one and done. What is it called? Like what is vag? What's the what's the proper name of it's? it's I not think a, typically a it's bacteria. used for like yeast infections. Yeah, it's a yeast infection. I think so. Well, there's I'm just too many. Am- it's positive. the same thing. It's a you have a it's a genital bacterial infection, correct? No, yeast and bacteria are not the same thing oh. at all. Well, I'm a podcaster, not a medical person. <laughs> but for jock itch, that's just that's all it is. It's fungal. fungal, sure, but it's just you get itchy balls, and it's and it sounds way grosser in concept than what it is. But if if any woman ever grabbed her man's balls, you live in a warm climate. I mean, it's a it's a mess down there. It's not like we've got a cooling system. I don't just wear linen pants all the time. <laughs> you but might want to try it. I must say, during the pandemic, I've just been in gym shorts and I've been fantastic. It's when you it's when you're wearing denim on a you know on a road trip that you're gonna have. I digress, folks. Nobody really cares. But the point is, is that what's what's interesting is for Vagisil, I I haven't ever applied it but i imagine it's just a nice little cream but but for jock it would probably work for jock itch i don't know i don't know if this is a thing i don't know if they market to us differently because for jock should itch, i google it yes yeah, google it jock itch always comes in a spray so i don't know if maybe men men have decided that they they'd rather spray it on their balls like maybe men decided they wouldn't put a cream on their balls but i tell you what when you put the jock itch spray on your balls it comes in at about 20 degrees fahrenheit it's a really, I, there's no way to warm it up before you put it on. Um, so anyway, is it, is it the same thing? Well, Vagisil treat, uh, what's it called? Jock itch. And I have to let everyone know, please do not get your medical advice from us. We have no <laughs> degrees and I've got a degree in business, which is not going to help you with whatever itch you have, but maybe it will. Maybe everyone should get screened there. I don't know. It's not important if you can't figure it out, but this is our final episode from the home uh, Tasha hasn't been on the podcast in several weeks. Uh, I think uh, I would say your um, your uh, anxiety to get things packed uh, outdid your desire for podcasting. Would you agree or disagree? There she is, folks. Really so, on top of it. So the the answer is yes. Yeah. The answer to the question nobody asked. 
I just, that, that, yeah, I mean, I don't know why you decided that this is how you wanted to open this episode of the podcast. But that's, that's why people love us go, or hate you, us. You, you start go. where you start. But yeah, apparently you can put monostat or, you know, which is just the same. No, it's men, all the same. men need, we have egos. You can put we that on your jacket spray. Jacket. So instead of spraying, but I mean, that is, you bring up an interesting point. Why do guy? Why must guys spray from two feet away? Why can't they just rub a little cream? I think there's a lot of area to cover. We got ball bags hanging around, and to, let me tell you something: there is nothing more humbling to a man than trying to spray jockage spray because so you're hanging over. Can you like explain a, to me? This is so gross. I feel bad for anyone. What's listening. gross about any of this? It's all gross. The, what part of the balls itch? All of it? You've seen the sides, the underneath. It's what? What, what it's is? Wherever, where does jock itch go? Wherever it wants, baby. It's got a free license to roam. Usually, it's the underneath. I mean, think about it. It's wherever it's going to be the le- least aired out spot. We're not out willy nilly. We you know, we have to deal with repression too. You think women are the only people that have to deal with? Oh, society represses us. Don't you think I'd rather free my balls once in a while? You think I want to be caged up, but we decided we were going to live in a, you know, in a society. How where are we, your balls not free? Because I can't air them out. You can walk around. You can't around. air them out how? I can't wear, I can't let them dang. There's no under ball cleavage like you guys get. You know, women can, you can go like nice and airy. Clothes you, are designed for women in a way that breathe. This thought that you have is <laughs> so misguided. Right in ladies, let me know. You know what's funny is because on the live stream, on the on the Bachelor live stream, we were talking about how, the, like I wish I could understand what it feels like to take a bra off. And someone I think, I think, did someone, how did they relate that to men? There really is no comparing because we're just never going to, the only, the only, you know, the only person I mean, that could compare this, is maybe a trans person could understand what it was like if they were a man and then a woman. It's the same feeling as like coming home and taking your shoes off. Don't you like the feeling of taking your shoes off? Apparently not, since you think it's fine to just stomp around our house with your shoes off. No, because I wear comfortable shoes. So it's another example of like, I don't I don't live under the same you pressures that you live like, under. Like I currently have my shoes on because I hurt my foot and I, it's actually, it's very irritating. It's very irritating. Like my feet, you know, like sort of like when you get on the airplane, your ankles get swollen, like running around up and down all day. Like, I don't know, fluids get trapped in your body. And it's just nice to like not have anything that's too tight on you so that like your lymph can flow. You know what I mean? So that like you have proper circulation and you're not like, like a bra is very restricting, especially around the band and the underwires. It's, it's designed to fit snugly to your body to serve the purpose of holding up your boobs. Well, listen, you're a fashion, you're a fit model. So you know all the different things about bras, but what there has to be like there, it, it's gotta be there to keep men from like, I know you're not going to like the idea behind this, but let's be truthful. The bra is there because men think we can't control ourselves. Like, if you walk out without a bra on... Men think they... I but mean, I'm saying, who designed the original bra then? That was, was it like men or was it Puritan women that were like, oh, I don't want these younger biddies to be showing their tits out? You know, that is a very good question. Who were the original fashion designers? Because you and I, I mean, both I know that women that- are just as puritanical when it comes to like shaming younger women i think our society we have like a lot of like deeply ingrained misogyny like we don't even realize actually but how is it misogyny if it's a woman on woman thing because i i 
I think you started heading towards a good point, but you maybe diverted <laughs> a little bit. I was lost. <laughs> uh, that uh, that women women are told to tone down their bodies because we won't hold men to the standard of controlling themselves. I think you're right. Like you know, they are. It, it's in like rape culture. It's kind of the same thing. Rape culture. Yeah, I mean, like instead of asking, you know, it's like. We tell you're girls asked, you're, you're all of this what were you stuff. Wearing? Yeah, we tell girl all girls all of this stuff that they can do to like prevent endangering themselves. Dress modestly. Don't walk alone late at night. Carry your keys like a Edward Scissorhand between your fingers. You know, we tell girls but, a million ways to protect themselves from men. But how often do we tell men from a young age? Because girls start getting this talk at a young age about how to protect themselves. But we don't give a talk to men about how to not rape, how to control yourself. And and, and what's really I we, interesting- I think we do. Do you? Don't, you? you don't do, boys, do guys get well, a like, talk in sex ed? Let's say we have a son and daughter. Because you, yeah, I stumbled on a good point accidentally. I don't know where it was. I got lost. Maybe you stumbled. Maybe you brought me back. But- I think you can walk and chew gum at the same time. And I love saying walk and chew gum at the same time. It's going to be my new thing. Your new favorite thing. My new favorite. I get a favorite thing and I just ride that pony. Okay. So make I your point. think you can say, I think you can teach women that in a, in a world that we live in, you can't, you do have to be careful walking home late at night if you live in a city or not in a city. Like, but maybe if we put even like, I don't know, 50% as much effort into teaching men and young boys, like how to respect women and that they shouldn't control. I mean, think about it. This, this is interesting here. How many times like dress code violations starting around middle school and through high school a dress code, you know, we weren't allowed to wear tank tops, right? My, my school, because we never a, had to really worry a woman's about. shoulder might give a guy, an, you know what I mean? A guy's it's, getting a boner regardless. Typically, the biggest dress code violations for guys was like sagging pants. <laughs> but girls could get dress code violations for any number of things. Did you ever get them? Showing too much shoulder, having too low cut of a shirt, having your shirt ride up. Because, you know, sometimes your clothes are too tight. Your your uh, hem of your shirt is going to ride up to the shortest, the smallest point on your body, which would be your waist. So your jeans are falling down because they're spandex and they've stretched out. You haven't washed them in two days and your shirt's riding up. And if you've got a an inch of stomach showing, that's a ride up, you know, but it's we're all about policing women's bodies. And when I was in school, it wasn't really uh, popular for girls to go braless um sure i bet but, you it is now well judging by tiktok well Holy i'm just saying cow. like you know free the nipple like we are in the midst of like a sort of resurgence of feminine feminism and like in the younger generation and so if they want to go braless i don't feel that women should have to police themselves to make the men around them uncomfortable especially when you look at like a, what a training bra would be it's like you're you're starting to teach like a, an 11 or 12 year old girl that she needs to start covering her body up I totally get it. I don't know. I just, growing up, I never, maybe, maybe we had them, but I never saw dress code violations. I never worried about it, but there is like a line, you know, it's like, it's like anything, you know, if you're going to have a, if you're a 15 year old girl in school, there is a line. I mean, like you, you, there's got, there's got to be a line where, what you well, can wear or I not think wear. It's nice to have a defined set of rules so that like everyone's treated the same. But I think that inadvertently, the burden falls on women. Like they, the dress code is under the guise of uh, making it 
a safe work environment, a place where it's easy to focus, right? But why does the burden fall on women to for like guys to be easy to focus, right? Right. It's a bad, that's for sure a bad argument. Absolutely. But there's also like got to be better ways to say maybe, maybe prosecute or police a dress code than like pulling someone out of a school and then they show back up in like lost and found, you know, sweatshirts. There's got to be, I don't, I don't, I don't have any solutions to it, but I can only imagine by the time we ever have kids, they're going to be, I mean, kids are just going to be going, walking around in uh you know, see-through ponchos because I mean, right now, well, the other problem too is like, I know we've talked about it before with like social media is like, you're just, re- you're rewarded in a way, you know, you're, if, if there's two girls that look identical that post an Instagram photo, we're saying, we're talking like a teen and one of them doesn't have a bra on, the chance of that photo going viral is way higher. Like we've, we've over, we've, we've added sexualization to the algorithm. You know what I mean? So, so we didn't have that. We didn't have photo sharing when I was that age. It just wasn't an option. I don't know. But anyway, Tasha's got a lot of Vagisil here. So if anyone needs some free Vagisil, the, po- the whole point of it all is 13 minutes in is that we're moving, baby. We've taken a risk on ourselves. And also, I would say our audience has invested in us with your time. And we've, we've done stuff over the years. We've invested in different podcast equipment. You think I'm a junkaholic when it comes to upgrading to new cameras and this and that. But I've, I've maintained the same thought over and over is that no one's going to invest in us if we don't. And we need, you know, it's all we have. All we have is the equity we build in ourselves. The second we signed a lease to move into a place that's about double the rent we pay now. I'd say about double, right? The second we decided to move in, we've had a windfall of good fortune. Um, we've got some fun sponsors coming, sponsorships coming up with um, some different companies. We're going to work with some uh, home brands, you know, some mattress companies, some other furniture companies. All things we'll share later on. But it's been pretty wild that the whole mantra I've always preached, leap in the net will appear, is sort of happening to us. We did it. We did it. High five to that. And it's and it's interesting because our relationship, and I would I would say almost any relationship shouldn't have made it out of this place. This is like a Shutter's Island. This building is like a Shutter's Island of relationship. Remember Shutter's Island? It was a mental insane Leonardo asylum. DiCaprio. Yeah, good movie. It's shot in Massachusetts. It's an insane asylum. This building, we're talking. If you want to call this 550 square foot that you're leaning on the on the big side, you got a big. You know what I mean? Like this could be almost under 500 square foot when you factor in usable space. Point is, no couple ever should be able to survive in such tight quarters. Especially in a pandemic. <laughs> During a pandemic. And I mean, I don't know about you. You're, you you want to break up with me every every day. And, you know, you, every day, you know, you get a little uh, rash and you can't find your 11th bottle of Vagisil and you want to break up with me. But <laughs> I don't know over the pandemic if there was Dave, any... you're going to make people think I got a problem. Well, listen, honey. I mean, we're, we've got a... Like, ladies and gentlemen listening, we have a safe word. We've What's the safe word? Sod, right? Yeah. We have a safe word. Uh, for the move. For the move. So <laughs> if... T- and it's in a... You know, you know me, like I'm, I'm pretty uh, p- uh, politically uh, correct when it comes to the safe word is for both of us. If either one of us gets really upset and starts to get overwhelmed and anxious, we have a safe word. And in that moment, we have to come together. But let's be honest, 
the word's for you. <laughs> but who has used the word twice in the past few days? You've had to pull the safe word two times. I've only had to pull the safe word once. Well, I wanted to use it yesterday, but I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> I go, what's the safe word? And you're like, fuck yeah. I'm like, tell me the safe word. <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that I remember moving with my mom and my stepdad. Congratulations on their 25th wedding anniversary this week. Connie and Luke, they just got married 25 years ago. But I remember after they got married, we moved into Luke's home, uh, moved back there. So he didn't live there. He had rented out for years after his uh, divorce before that. So we were moving back into a home that he had built and hadn't lived in. And I just remember him yelling. You know, he's a good guy, but he doesn't have his communication skills are shit. That whole generation's horrible. You know, I'm sure you could probably say the same thing about your parents where it's like, you know, how's it, how's the, how are they? They're fine until they're not. They're just, it's volcanic. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's zero to 60. And you've it's said that so about your dad fast. and I've never seen it. Turn on a dime. I've seen your dad like totally go fine silent, but I've never seen him. like, I mean, yeah, a massive But you've seen my stepdad. Everybody tiptoes for three you've days. You've seen my stepdad fight, right? It's always the same shit. Like they haven't figured it out. Like uh, when we when we went to Massachusetts, Western Massachusetts over the summer, we had a big family reunion. You were probably sleeping, but they were fighting one morning. I could hear them fighting. I was like, it was the morning we were supposed to leave. Now they're business owners. They've got to do all this work for the business before they can leave. But all my mom wanted to do was get a, get away for a week with all of her family. We came in from across the country. It was a big deal. It ended up being amazing. As far as like they're concerned, I know we had a good time, but for them, you know, when you, when you, I feel like when you become old and your whole family comes and it's your big thing, I'm not, and I'm not making light of our time, but I mean, I'm sure for you, I'm sure it was pleasant and you enjoyed it, but it's like you were with my family, which is your family, but it wasn't like we were, uh, you know, at a water park for a week or, you know, on the beach in Cabo, we were in Western Massachusetts getting attacked by mosquitoes. But <laughs> point is, the point is, is that they were like, arguing beforehand and there was the same thing when we moved i remember being like 11 or 12 when we moved i just remember him like in the back of a moving truck yelling because like just communication sucked so all i want and i know we're gonna have slip-ups but all i want is to pass this test which is moving day moving day it's like a green day song moving day all i want is for us to pass this test get to the new place with the most minimal amount of damage i want high fives I want pinching on the butts. I want just like, I want to, I want to drop like a, your favorite bottle of champagne and you just look at me and go, it's all right, Dave sod. <laughs> <laughs> but I just know that there's going to be, you know, well, I don't want to be a fatalist or cynical or whatever. I know it's, I know it's a work in progress, but well, I think we know it's something's going to break a relatively stressful situation because I mean, we should have, I don't know why I, I guess this this is the longest I've ever lived in one place that wasn't my parents' house. And I have no, I've never by had a to, long shot. By a long shot. I've never had to like pack up a home. You've always before. you've always been able to hide something you didn't want to address. Well, no, I'm just saying I've I've moved a million times. I moved so many times in college and then after college in New York. Like but back then my whole life could fit in two giant suitcases and a couple of, you know, I had a few small pieces of furniture. Now we have an apartment full of furniture. I have not only like personal items, but like business stuff that I have to hold on to. Yeah. You know, I mean, I spent a month going through papers. Like she's not, that wasn't hyperbole folks. That was 30 days 
of Tasha. I would say it was 28 days, but yeah, you um, you uh you have a lot of you have receipts from Kinkos from 2013. Well, not anymore. I shredded it. You got in trouble. <laughs> I was like, sod, sod, sod. I'm gluing together. I needed to go to Kinkos to get some glue to glue together this freaking receipt. No, but the point is that there's just a lot more stuff than I ever could have imagined. And I think because I've never packed up, I've never stayed someplace this long before and had to pack up a whole home. I, in my mind, I was like, oh, moving takes a day. I was like, oh, I'll pay for two days. So we have a day to move and a day to clean the spot. You know, but sometimes it's nice to have but, a little bit of um, a boundary. Like if we, if we took a month to move, we would take a month. Absolutely not. But now you don't, you don't, you don't believe me? I, no, I do believe you. I'm just saying absolutely not. We, why would we do that? But what I have re- since realized since talking to a bunch of friends about the moving process is that most people overlap by a week at least. So they oh, have really? like a solid week to move. I didn't know that was a thing. Well, it's funny. Today, I thought you just like your lease ends, you would take your stuff out and then you move it in the new place. Our friends, Michael and Sammy were like, you guys got movers, right? And I was like, no, <laughs> I got a couple comedian friends of mine that aren't going to be good at moving. They're going to be running bits by me as we carry a dresser down the stairs. It's not too late to hire. No, movers, no, honey, no. Please. I'm going to pay. I am paying four friends to help out. And I know they could use the money and they're going to be just as good as whatever movers. And it's going to be totally fine. But like Michael said, he was like, look, let me help out. I enjoy moving. And I agree. I enjoy helping other people out. Now, I don't want to get stuck being like the only guy that helps somebody else out. But I enjoy being part of a team. I enjoy cracking a beer and feeling like we accomplished something. I mean, we live in a world. Like, we don't live in Wyoming where we're tending to a farm. Or, you know, we live in a world in a city where we don't get the chance to do much. Like, when when your dad, when, when we were home in Kentucky and your dad what needed the lawn mowed. I was like, please God, let me mow the lawn. He's like, you don't have to do that. I'm like, no, no, no. I haven't had a lawn since I was 19. (laughs) I need to mow your lawn right now. Um, I love mowing the lawn. It's so therapeutic. That used to be my job when I was like, probably starting around middle school and through high school. I did a lot of lawn mowing. I loved it. I don't wear my short shorts and my bikini top, get a tan gym shoes. It's like getting a workout and a tan at the same time. Yeah, I don't remember what vlog it was, but we made a vlog over the summer and you threw a beer to me and I caught it and I did that whole like Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was a, a wrestler and his move, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, no. he's like, he was a wrestler and his move would be they would throw two beers at him and he would like catch them and open them. And as he was opening, he would like slam them and just chug them. And it was like, he, he probably got about 8% of the beer in his mouth. It was just, <laughs> but that was like, guys would go not like grown men would be like, yeah, man. And then you did that to, you threw me a cold beer and it was like, this is it. The sun's going down, fresh cut grass and uh, in a cold, in a cold beverage. And uh, we're yeah. still not going to have any grass at the new place. New so place, that'll have to wait a couple no years. Grass, but. but what we're calling my thought on the new place is it's and, and and people have to respect this because everyone knows the struggle we've had as far as like just weird side jobs a lot of just trying to get the name out there even victoria our good friend victoria who listens to the podcast i was sharing the numbers on the solo episode last week and she was like oh i didn't know your podcast i thought it was bigger no and we have a good size following like it's still it still factors into like a top percentile because there's so many podcasts with like three followers but it was ravaged during the pandemic you know it probably lost about 30 to 30% of the downloads, people that, you know, we might've been your uh, second or third choice on a week of podcast listening on your commute. Now you don't commute. You just don't get to it. I understand there's, I can name five 
uh, well-known podcast I no longer listen to because I don't drive nearly as much. And, and anyway, so I get it all. But um, what what's and again and again not to not to sound like things aren't going well. The YouTube has 15 million uh, minutes watched this month, which is just like that. Those numbers, there's a lot of zeros there. That's that's insane compared to what the podcast has been. But now we're gonna have to figure out how to how to how to embrace the podcast at the new place embrace the YouTube and sort of have all these different sort of streams of content going because you just have to like diversify all the different ways people can reach us. So like, this is just an audio only episode, but you know, in, in some instances it'd be nice to do video podcasting as well, totally. but it's just like a different market and it's a different vibe for but us But I'm really too. excited. I mean, the new place is not giant by any stretch, but it's a little bigger than this. Uh, it has a, it's well designated. We're going to have a room that's strictly the office and for making content and recording and, uh, our outdoor area is going to make it. So, I mean, I, hopefully the pandemic is coming to a close, but you know, it's going to make it so that we can easily host guests on the podcast again, because we'll have a nice outdoor space, uh, to yeah. podcast safely with guests. And it's just, it's going to be a massive game, game changer for us. Not only personally, but professionally. Do we know any table makers? I feel like we had, we knew a table maker. Any woodworkers out there? So I've had this premonition, a beer tap built into the podcasting table. You know, I feel like it's one of those drink it and they will come. So if I start making making podcasts where, where I have like a specialized beverage, maybe it's like a hard apple cider for the week or, an I, or summer, you know, Sam Summer, whatever it is. If I've got that set up next to my podcasting equipment, I'm passing out beers or drinks, maybe hard kombucha, whatever it is. I think that that once you do that, you could show beverage companies like, hey, you know, why don't you throw us something? To be your little, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You're looking at me like that's a bad idea because then I'll just be alone outside. What are you doing, Dave? I'm podcasting. <laughs> getting sloshed. I do want a tiny fridge. I want yeah. a tiny fridge to put like my hard seltzers Well, in. that's what you can do is the kegerator. You know what a kegerator looks like? It's essentially a fridge with all the CO2 or whatever built in and then it run, you, and then you run that line to wherever the tap is. So in your kegerator, you can open it like a mini fridge and have other things in there and it keeps it all cold. But anyhow, folks, the whole point of what I was saying is we, 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 um, and I'm, this isn't to pat ourselves on the back. This is to show others that you got to know, you got to know when to pull the trigger on certain things. And we've been in this cocoon of ours for a long time. And this is our incubator incubator. And I've said this, like I, 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 I've said, I said this to you earlier today, the square footage of where I make content right here. I am more valuable six by six. I am more <laughs> valuable per square foot than Paramount studios for sure. I'll take all their movies and put them together. What I can accomplish in a six foot by six, 36 square feet. And then, so just to think what we can do when we actually sort of invest in a bigger spot. And, and anyway, so, um, you know, the, uh, there'll, there'll be other challenges that come along with it, but I think, I think we, I think part of it was having to tell ourselves that we deserve more. You know, we have a friend that, uh, drives a really expensive car and it's not like a practical thing to do, but for him, he says it gets him in the zone for like the sales pitches he writes. And there's something to it. There's something to not, I'm not saying if, if you can't afford, if you can't afford rent, don't go buy a $80,000 car, but there's something to be said about 
if you're going to be like create a creative type, or if you're going to be someone who like is a sales guy and you want to be a hot shot, there's something about, or like, you know, for me, I don't, and I don't know where I'm, when I'm going to get there, but the idea of driving a really nice car to a stand-up show, playing some really nice music, that's important because you got to go on stage and be the guy. And you can't be the guy when you're, you know, taking your car battery out of your car every night. It's a delicate balance between like being responsible and also like pushing yourself to the next level. It is a delicate balance. We've talked about this a million times. We've talked about like the benefit of buying a new gym outfit if it gets you to the gym, if it gets you excited to go to the gym. It, it's simple things. There are simple things you can do. They don't have to be expensive things, but you have to find ways to push yourself to the next level because that's that's kind of what we're meant to do as humans, right? Is to like elevate ourselves spiritually, emotionally, professionally. Yeah. Like we, we're all trying our to become the best version of ourselves, whatever and that means to us. I was talking to Michael, who is your friend's, now fiance, they just got fiance. a Jason. Congratulations, other Sammy and Michael. And I would say Michael and I, not not to say I don't get along with other of your friends, guys. Like I, I, I think I'm like kind of a chameleon with there's some there's some interesting personalities of your friends, guys, and I've gotten to enjoy a lot of them. But Sam, but Michael and I, I think get along really well. Like we've done some couples weekends and like michael and i we don't even need you guys you can go your own. we're good we're hanging we're solving the world's problems we're both like progressive but also like i don't know i think we're very similar with that and he's a lawyer uh lawyers and comedians get along very well there's a lot of the same um cross-examining mindset that exists i don't know if you if you've ever thought about that okay guys like greg giraldo very very funny stand-up comedian who passed away harvard law school you know guys like that anyhow um what was the point? So yeah, we were both talking about how like, oh yeah, it's not like a good time to buy a home. It's just ugh, like, why, like why, you know, why put all this money into things and then need property tax and worrying if there's an earthquake that's going to wipe you out and this and that. And then we were talking about like, say like, like enjoy where you live, enjoy what you do. It's worth more than the acorns you can save because that was the mentality. Like, well, you know, they show you the graph. If you cut out Starbucks, just once, just cut out your Starbucks every day. It's like, shut up that, and I mean, I don't, it's not like I buy Starbucks every day, but sometimes you need like yesterday we got, and I, I never do this, but we got like the cold foam pressed Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. We got expensive Starbucks. I think I, it was 11 bucks for two drinks and a, yeah. and a puppuccino. No, 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 no. It was eight fifty. It, oh, okay. it was $8. Now, don't get me wrong. I shit my pants right after, but it was like, all right, we're doing like, we're let's get out there and get some caffeine in us. Like it's okay. Once in a while to enjoy the finer things in life and the the output we, might be better if we want to get into the politics of it like yeah it's a different like just cutting out your coffee or like skipping avocado toast or whatever that other bull crap that they like put on millennials for like why we can't afford a home yeah it's like no the reason we can't afford a home is because the minimum wage hasn't gone up in 30 years and the cost of living's through the roof like i saw this funniest it was um it was a non-verbal um like a video on instagram and it was like Job interview in 1970, not qualified, never worked. And then they show up and the guy's like, you're hired. <laughs> job interview today. I've got a PhD in this. It's an entry level job. And the guy's like, fuck you. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, that's kind of how it is. Or my stepdad being like, I don't know. When I was your age, I bought a home. And I was like, that cost you $13,000. And you got a loan out for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, go suck it. But the but yeah, so the point is, is like, we 
if we had any wits about us, we might want to stay in this current place because it's rent controlled. It's well, safe. I think that was our, uh, our mindset for a long time was like, okay, we can make it work in this tiny spot because we're saving so much money. I mean, we're literally, this is our last two days in the cheapest apartment in Los Angeles. And like, what's, no can, joke. You, can you say what the price is? Because it's not that cheap to outsiders, but to LA, this is cheap. We're paying just over $1,200 a month. Yeah. Which is insane. I mean, there's, there's other people who have also been in their apartments for over a decade. Now I do have to have buy a nice... new car battery every month. And for those <laughs> listening, no, my license plates were stolen and I had to go spend $35 to get new license. But, plates. I mean, th- it's Plus crazy. My car I actually, doors I was in. a photographer that I follow on Instagram. She moved to New York last year, just over a year ago, I guess probably a, a short while before the pandemic, but she left LA and I don't know if she has left New York permanently but she said that she was back in Los Angeles and she saw that the apartment where she used to live the home where she used to live is back up for rent a double the it's vacant double the price that they were paying for it Mm. just two years ago um so yeah I mean Los Angeles has gotten very very unaffordable uh, but, it's always been kind of high cost of living because it's a big city, but it really did have. Uh, it like used a, to always be ch- way cheaper than New York. It used to always be like, oh, move it out to LA and you'll save a few bucks. But but uh, so the the deal the deal is is that well we live in a time like we said, and I don't even mean this to say like to to be like victims of our of, of our you know our situation, but we live in a time where we're not going to buy a home by playing by these conventional rules. We're not going to get all of these things in our life by doing it conventionally. We need to take big risks, take big swings. And that doesn't mean that doesn't mean rent a, you know, rent a place that, you know, we're going to drown in, but we can afford to upgrade our home to the point where and I've always said this, if we if we spend an extra 50% on our rent, we might bring in 750% in revenue because just having a little bit more space, a little bit more creativity, a little bit more gumption in certain things might be the thing that gets you there. Just like my buddy needs to drive the nice car to get his mind right. And, and, and sure enough, as soon as we sign the lease, YouTube pops off, random people start donating, people believe in us. So it's almost like, it's almost like the mindset was, it's almost like the door was, was there all along. And the second we decide to walk through it, everyone's like, welcome, welcome guys. And I, I, like I said, it doesn't mean we're not going to have hurdles as they come up. Did she text you? Mm-hmm. How long before she comes here? She asked if now was a good time, but um, I can tell her whenever. Let's let's get out of here. So anyway, folks, this is it from the apartment in Hollywood, California. We're going to be doing so much. I need you guys to to get on board on our social medias. We finally upgraded our iPhones, so I don't I won't get made fun of by a 13-year-old when uh, I post a TikTok and they're like, "Nice iPhone 6, bro." And I'm like, "It's a 7." All right, leave it. So, Tasha's at Tasha Courtney. I'm at D Neals, D N E A L Z. We're going to be posting all of our new move-in stuff. Uh, we'll post some things as we leave here, all the renovations and and rebuilding our studio in the new place. Uh, if anyone wants to join the Patreon, I'm going to do one more Patreon episode before I get out of here. I'll talk a little bit more stuff that I can share with a private episode about the move, some of the logistics of the new place, all the little things we have going on. I try to I try to bring some exclusivity over there to the Patreon. So that's patreon.com slash this app. I appreciate everyone who's been so supportive. We've we've been upgrading our microphones. We've got all this fun stuff planned, and um, and we're just going to keep on creating content 
and uh, and we're going to have a place to do it. Um, you know, I know Tasha hasn't signed off on this, but maybe some mimosa stand-up shows. You Absolutely know, like, not. You don't think we'll do a mimosa stand-up show? Just a 15-person? Honey. Well, it's the same as like having a cocktail party. Well, we'll I'll talk about that on the Patreon, folks. Come on, of course. Nice guest list only. Yeah. Tasha's a little nervous. No, thanks. She's she's nervous to hang the TV on the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice and clean, unlike this piece of crap. I said, I said our I took the TV down. The wall looked like a Tarantino movie. <laughs> it looked like a drive-by. I was trying to find a stud. <laughs> anyway, folks, we appreciate everyone that has enjoyed us here. You guys won't feel any difference on your end other, other than the scene will be a little different, but we've packed up the sap sign, and it's going to be a little sad. I'm sure Tasha might shed a tear. You know, you've got a lot of emotions that will be leaving here. I Just think get I'm that ready sage. to go. You think I, you're good yeah, about it? Yeah, I think I'm ready to go. Yeah, we've called it late stage studio living. Late stage studio living. Because the second we decided with their to leave. base all the way up. It's like, I don't even care anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I've the, got the countdown clock on. The second we decided to leave, the homeless ladies yelling louder at us. The uh, My car kept my car got re-vandalized again. It's like we couldn't get out of here soon enough. But um, we'll, always have, we'll always have this place to reminisce on. And um, now we will have a stovetop that has proper ventilation and outlets that exist within no the walls. No more carcinogens. Boy, yeah. we take the photos off the walls. It's black behind there. It's disgusting. Yeah. I'm looking forward the most to it being nighttime and putting on mood lighting because we have recessed lights and those little lights, those back, backsplash lights. I'm very much looking forward to that. So, so much to look forward to, guys. But um, join us on the process and stay in touch we appreciate everybody so much. If anyone has any um, thing they need to tell us privately, you can reach out sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Although to be honest, the best way to reach out is on Instagram. You can slide into us there or the Patreon. And I appreciate all of our supporters out there for sticking around. I know it hasn't been easy. People um, you know, have had different circumstances uh, throughout the year. But what I love the most is hearing everyone's feedback on how they've kind of um, thrived or survived the pandemic and just know we're all just going to keep sharing our message and rooting each other on. Are you Anything else you want to say, Tasha? Are you got Tasha's good. You know what? It's your last chance uh, in this house. So say something that will forever be memorialized, Tasha. This is your last chance. No, thanks. Okay, there it is, folks. Have a good one. We'll see you next week from the new digs. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.